Welcome to Superhero Chicken Fest, Episode 4. Today's episode contains spoilers for Harry Potter, Avatar The Last Airbender, and Kingdom Hearts. Not that Kingdom Hearts can exactly be spoiled, you need a plot for that. Today we're also sponsored by Nostalgia. Nostalgia! Disney has it, you want it, and now they rule the world. Superhero Chicken Fest! <laughs> you gotta put more gusto into it than that. That's, that's too, no, that's no, too. no, 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 the whole point is that it's like a, like a, like a... Like a small thing. That was so like small and squeaky. Superhero chicken fest. <laughs> uh, I probably like so that quiet. one. <laughs> no, they'll hear it. They'll All right. Hear it. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we need to have like a, a four-part harmony, like like Sega version. <laughs> I like that. All right, everybody, everybody ready? Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, three. Superhero chicken, chicken fest. fest. There we go. All right. I went low. I got you guys. I based it. I don't know why I always go high. I did too. I actually, probably. probably didn't thanks for covering we us. I knew the men weren't, so I went. Superhero I went. Superhero chicken fest. Oh, see, that's welcome, what we needed. Welcome oh, back, guys, to Superhero Chicken Fest uh, episode. This is four, actually. Hey. Do we still count the first two? Yeah, we're still. They're still <laughs> there. Are they still canonical? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. It was a bit of a gap, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. Our opinions probably haven't changed that much. Probably not. Um, uh, today's episode is uh, about how to age things with your audience, uh, primarily featuring Harry Potter, which I just finished watching yesterday or yeah. two days ago. You'll notice he didn't say reading, and that's because I, he had an abusive childhood. Yeah, I, um, I had uh, I did not read them growing up. Um, the uh, the church I was a part of decided that they were evil. And so mm-hmm. we were not allowed to, and so I missed out on the whole like being able to experience Harry Potter as it aged up with you. Right. So, this is a, just just for those of us, there's those of you out there who doubt we're from Texas. Mm, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, about yeah. to say that it doesn't really sound like that's an uncommon thing to me, but now I'm wondering elsewhere in the world if that's even remotely like it's it's a pretty I know pretty, a Canadian who thinks that. Well, oh, but okay. Canadians are like a mix. Like it's just a random like dice roll every time you meet a Canadian. But like. <laughs> I yeah. assume there are uh, aspects of Canadian culture, but I don't know any of them really. So, it's so really basically, hard. like the two aspects of, of all Canadian culture are, are cold and poutine, and that's it. <laughs> that's fair. I'm really curious to see what you say about aging Harry Potter up with this audience well, because you didn't age up with right, it. So right. So I, I have a, I have a different perspective to bring in on it, just as somebody who just washed it all flat and uh, well, has no emotional investment in really any of I, it. It's very <laughs> important to mention you've only seen the movie. Right. I have only, yeah. Right. I've the movies also are only, an entirely different emotional tenor than the books a yeah. lot of the time. They're, I think they're both valid. It's just they're different. Yeah. But hopefully that'll bring a different perspective in on it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll have some other examples just to bring up. Um. But yeah, how should we? How do we? How should we start this? So should I just I like think, give my review of Harry Potter or no, something? I, I, nobody wants that. <laughs> just a real quick, like a, 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 an establishing baseline, because it's it's weird now uh, talking to like the gener- especially the generation that watches our shows and stuff, or our our media. Like they grew up, they, they were born after the big Harry Potter boom. So That's it's like true. To, to establish, mm-hmm. I I read the very first Harry Potter book in, I want to say, fourth grade. Yeah, I was in third grade. And and uh uh. It went from then up until I, I, bought, I read the last book, senior year of high school. Mm. So that's like, it was from like 1996, 1990, uh, or 1998, I think, up to like 2007. So like a solid decade of Harry Potter existed. And they were, and they, as it happened, I, they, each, each time a book was released, I was basically Harry's age. Yeah. Yeah, that's true of me that's how, too. That, how, that's how it works. And so uh, there's um, a different, like I, I've seen a few of my, my students who are like super into Harry Potter because they, they also sort of like, they just took that long to read the books as they, but it wasn't, it didn't, 
it was like a, a guided tour as a like we we had to wait. Yeah. Um, I think the best way to have done that is honestly like you need an older sibling if you're yeah. if you're born significantly like like four years later than like the Harry Potter time you need an older sibling to get you on that train or else you might just miss it. <laughs> like I think it's it's what's it's particularly it's like. I think people, it's easy to forget what a, what a stupid, huge craze Harry Potter was. Right. Yeah. Like, it was, like, the, there is no book series now that matches the fervor of yeah. Harry Potter. Not, no. nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. As a kid who liked to read, I remember a bunch of kids, like, or a bunch of parents being like, you know, my kid won't read, but they read Harry Potter. Right. And me feeling like, what a hack, everyone can read Harry Potter, it's so goddamn interesting. Except little me didn't cuss. But, like, <laughs> um. I am... Um, in middle school, I dressed up as Tonks with my friend who dressed up as Hermione, and we went to the midnight opening of the wow. sixth Harry Potter book. Yeah, me too. At yeah. Barnes and Nobles. Yeah, we did that too. I didn't we even go that nerdy time. on anything. What? I didn't even go that nerdy on anything. I was, I was, oh, <laughs> I was never in the Lions oh, and Cosmos. It was great. I, I, I was there, and there's a guy dressed as a, as a uh, Lockhart just walking around with a giant like but pheasant quill. It when was, was the last time you saw anybody doing that for like a modern series now? Like a book right. series? I, I mean, we don't... People dress up to go to Marvel movies. Well, I, I will yeah, say, Marvel movies, yeah. Yeah. I, just as sort of like a, a, a note from an outside perspective, like that to me speaks to something like really culturally significant that the even people who are not traditionally nerdy get that into Harry Potter right. and did right. while it was you know, happening. Oh, I think it's especially back then because now, like you know, Marvel movies are prevalent mm-hmm. and nerd culture is a thing, but it wasn't as much as we were growing up. But Harry yeah. Potter was still like that big of a deal. Oh, I yeah. think, and this is probably something we won't touch on too much because it's a whole different podcast and it's a whole different. I don't think any any of us experienced it too deeply. Harry Potter is what I consider it's one of the first true like fandoms. To like like to hook it hook on into our generation like it was yeah like uh, Tumblr grew up with Harry Potter also <laughs> I, like it was yeah. a, a huge like an internet subculture like there was a it was maybe the first like accessible fandom it's something that everybody liked and everybody could go online and find other people who were really into it so it was like a a community nerdy experience it was sort of like the launch of uh, got in on the the ground floor launch of like the nerd renaissance along with the Lord of the Rings movies <laughs> right I spent a lot of time on Harry Potter. Uh forums and stuff like that and i had friends who were really obsessed with it and we wrote stories about it and i had like oc harry potter characters and stuff i made a bunch of harry potter memorabilia in high school i recently reread all the books too like last year so i have a lot of like uh um yeah and like it also introduced a ton of people to writing um someday we should just do a uh, we should we should have a a door monster um uh recording of a a my immortal reading i think (sighs) yeah I remember after Harry Potter ended, I I don't remember how old I was. Some sometime in high school, like somewhere between sophomore and senior year, and I had to hide the fanfic that I would read because I couldn't like I couldn't like get over my craving and need for Harry Potter. Uh-huh. I had already reread the series like four times, so at that point it was over. And then I had to go on to fanfic.com or whatever yeah. it was, and I had to continue <laughs> reading. Like people would write the eighth book, like people yeah. would keep going. In attempt to get like the Harry Potter feel back, never saw, worked. But my, I, I mean, saw a ton of Marauders fanfic. My, my oh yeah, there was a lot of that. Like like that was my favorite Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah that was like my, like my favorite genre. And I made like yeah. an OC character for that. Like I hit it because era. I thought people would judge me. <laughs> they wouldn't um, have. We were all doing it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I was, I, I didn't feel so bad about it because I was like 
one of maybe like the fourth most obsessed person out of my friend group. Um, Mm. Shout out to you, Martha, if you're listening, which I'm sure you aren't. Um, I think about it sometimes. I made her a Harry Potter throw pillow. And I saw her like in my adult life recently and she told me that um, she still has it. Oh, or that's it, awesome. that she used it till it died, and then she had to go buy one or something. That's really. I cool. felt really touched so, by that. I think, like, to get backwards, uh, like the topic. Oh, sorry, like, it's like it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I remember. So the first Harry Potter book I got from a Scholastic book order. Remember those? Wow. Oh yeah. yeah like, oh, on, like, stop. On, like, on like the newsprint that was too cheap for actual newspapers. Yeah, <laughs> comes and, off like, on your fingers. Yeah, and then, like they they have like the big book fair set up in the library every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah Man. Plain and oh, Tall so featured prominently but, every time. What did? Sarah Plain and Tall. Oh, I, I, I specifically remember it for, um, uh, what is it? The Amulet of Samarkand. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it was like, there's, there's certain books that are just like, like scholastic, like staples that. Mine was Calvin and Hobbes, actually. That's where really? all that came from. Oh, yeah. really? Uh-huh. I, I didn't know. Dripping, at least in, uh, when I was in Dripping Springs, that's where I found it. They had them in the library and they had them in all the school book fairs, and that's how oh. I got into that. Are you telling me that that's literature? <laughs> it can appear in a book order yes. if it's a comic? Yes. <laughs> I, uh, it's I, not I, literature. <laughs> Sorry. I was going back and forth between um, getting Harry Potter or this book about uh, inventions that were made by accident, like super glue. Or, oh, or yeah. something like, and I was like, "Tough call." And my mom's like, "One of these looks good, and one of them absolutely does not." <laughs> like, supposed like, to be on topic. What? Sorry. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like, you got you. So this, I'm in third grade-ish at this point, right? And so, like, I if you're reading the first book, Harry is really low-key. Everything. I mean, he starts off in an abusive household. He's very, very mm-hmm. like, uh, like very mute, very small, very like uh, scared of everything. And that's perfect for third graders. Yeah. Like that's like. It's basically just like, don't step on me, please, the book. And then, <laughs> like, at a certain point, like, uh, by, like, I guess it's usually, it's book four and five, Harry just gets pissed off at everything. Yeah. And this is like, and I, in critical, rev- this is one thing I think critical reviews of Harry Potter miss out on. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, Harry's not likable. And it's like, well, yeah, no, absolutely not. But I wasn't either. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of the whole point. And then yeah. finally ends up with, like, at the end, he's like, wow, so I got to, like, have responsibilities and i'm like same yeah right no you definitely like you even if you don't literally grow up with harry you watch him grow up and mm-hmm. i think it was i mean there's a lot of ways to do series like you don't ever have to age your characters i've read series where they just kind of keep the characters going and yeah. like plots change and things change obviously but they don't like age the character as a part of the story necessarily right but like Every year, th- she started on the school year every single book, which means mm-hmm. that he was a year older or another grade older or whatever. And yeah, I mean, he turned into a, you know, shitty teenager because, I mean, everything about his life would make him a shitty teenager. And then he was one and we all got to watch it and experience it. And that's why he was so terrible. And that's why we right. love him because we know why we read the first four books. So we know why he got there. Right. So, I mean, I got to say, this is one, this may be one of the biggest things that changed when I reread them like last year, like Mm -hmm. all at the same time. When I was a kid, I didn't understand why Harry was so angry, even when I was his age, because I just wasn't an angry teenager at all. Um, But now reading him as an adult, I had a lot more insight into his emotions and I, having felt more negative things in my life, it made more sense. Um, Like, uh, but I think that she did a really good job of writing it in a sensible way way like you can understand why he would feel that way and she did write him like a teenage boy as someone who spends uh like a lot of my day around teenagers from right. teaching no, high school like, I, I think one of the parts of this is, is a lot of the plot revolves around harry's dumb like not like not like he's perfect he doesn't have intellectual disability he's just he's dumb in a teenager way 
Yeah. Like, there's, like, like kids do stupid things. Right. Just a lot. And, like, it's easy for adults to write that very poorly. Yeah. And I think uh, she, she got a pretty good pulse on it. Mm-hmm. Well, and we were, as we were watching the movies, one thing that I told him was, like, even when they made the movies, the movies literally got darker. Like, yeah, literally. Yeah. By the, by the third movie, you're like, huh, that one felt different. And then by the, by the sixth movie, you're like, these are basically black and white. Right. Like, actually black and white movies. It's, uh, it's interesting, because I remember, so in the, uh, in the fourth book, there's a big surprise at the end where they kill Cedric Diggory, and it's like, everybody's like, wow. Oh, oh my god! That's horrible. And then weirdly, I, thought, I, I I never really learned where this came from. Every year, every every, every book past that, we wanted to, there was like a cultural like like a, a, a sort of like a who shot Jr. moment of like who's gonna die this book. Everybody's yeah. like like we everybody knew there was gonna be one character that died and who's it gonna and I don't know like maybe that came from an interview or something. But mm-hmm. and then she pulled the big switcher and then she's like, who dies? Everyone dies. Yeah. Like, did you like Lupin? Did you like Tonks? No. It what about made, Fred? It made sense though. Like the. Oh, Actually, I always forget which one. I need I a moment. It's Fred. It's Fred um, Fred but, was my favorite character through all of the books. Why? And how how did you like Fred better than George? Just out of curiosity. Uh, well, he there, was more handsome, there, and I thought his <laughs> I thought he was funnier. They're different. They're different. One of them, one of them actually cares about Harry a little bit, and the other one's uh, a little bit more Ron like and a bit more. Uh, uh, George was a bit more of a of a of a shithead. Yeah. Anyway, oh, okay, okay. But I see like, that. I see that. But like, um. No, it made sense. It, it, I actually liked, well, so one, I was an edgy teenager. Mm-hmm. And so I really liked that, like, people started dying. Now that I'm an adult, I actually like that instead of it so much being like, you're dead and you're dead and everyone's dead, it was right. more of a, like, this is to show the consequences of right. the situation that everyone's in. Like, people don't get to live. This I, is literally the war of, like, good versus evil. I actually like that. People for, die when they the stand book. up for things. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Because it's like, it's like, cost of war. And also, just from a, a writing perspective, which technically, this is a writing podcast, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, from a writing perspective, it's interesting because it, like, uh, because this is a back on theme a bit, like, because I got to grow up with all these characters, mm-hmm. I felt the loss, but also it didn't impact the story because the story was done. What the like like the fact that that all these important characters were just gone, like mm. it it didn't uh, it it was an, it, it didn't have consequences on the plot necessarily because uh, like the, there wasn't more plot the plot was ended they and all it, oh, died by like, the end of the book but yeah. um, at that, the same time really I still me. felt the actual loss yeah um, I mean like it's just great because the the first book is like there's a troll and this guy has a face on the back of his neck and like everything is on fire the yeah. end book is like. Everyone you love is dead. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, it starts it, off with uh, really strongly. Uh, like, so I, I talk about this occasionally. Um, uh, there's certain like sometimes there's a like like uh, stuff gets real moment like in the last season or episode or, uh, or installment or something that's that's really effective. Like in the last season of Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. the very first episode, there's a, a, a somewhat important middling side to uh, occasionally prominent character, and she she finally goes on a date with one of the main characters, and it's like. This super lovely evening, and you see that she's like, at the, she comes back home, she's like smiling to herself, brushing her hair, and she just takes out a gun and shoots herself in the head. Oof. Because the idea is like, this situation is so bad, she wanted one good day, and that's all she's gonna get. Mm. And so, like, killing Hedwig did that. Oh my god. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> just like, hey, 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 remember Hedwig? The most trusted companion ever, boom, gone. It was to raise the stakes. I totally get why she did it. I think it was important. It was and also I think because, it was like, to set the tone. Like, like, they weren't in a place where Hedwig was gonna be useful. Because they did, it was they, sure. they, my, my, my favorite criticism of, a, of, a, of the seventh book was it just being called Harry Potter and the Extended Camping Trip. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> I, I don't know how much it came across in the movie, I forget. Like, no, the, that, that, that's accurate. Like, the seventh book definitely had some editing issues in the terms of, like, she just didn't kind of want to stop writing. And so she put in, like, every emotional character moment she could. And so, like, the, like the, the middle 
three fifths of the book are all just like, and then they brooded in a tent. Yeah, um, that was that was um, the oh, seven part agree. one from the movie was essentially all all them out in the woods and stuff. I actually so I I liked the last three movies best. Yeah. Hmm. Um, when you say last three, is that that, that is, six and seven, one and two? Okay, yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I because there was the, the, Harry Potter. I think was the first series to do this, where they split their last they and seven and two, and then Twilight followed almost immediately after, and then uh, then the Hobbit ruined everything for everybody. Can we talk about <laughs> Twilight not doing it. What we, Twilight is Twilight is a terrible example of just being a story and aging up with their audience. Probably true. Definitely true. I, uh, so. They were like, oh, I know how to age up this character. Get her pregnant. <laughs> I don't oh, think yeah, that that's I would, relatable. Awesome. I would not argue that, that, w- that there was any attempt to age up with the audience. I think it just was that she, like, that that was Bella's story arc and that was the I, end of it. I think well, it's an interesting like, topic. So I think, I think Bella actually is an example. Hang on. I think you were finishing okay, something about Harry Potter. Well, I, I was just going to ask, like, so having, having had the experience, if you had to, like, distill it down into what made it effectively, like, feel... Um, more relatable at each age. What like what changed specifically about it? Like what was it? Harry, what? I think the thing that was most relatable was the way that the character and the relationships to people didn't just happen like at the same time they were happening to me necessarily, but that they happened similar. Like even if I had started it off four years later, like after the books, it wasn't so much that like oh I'm the same age as Harry as it was that when it started happening to me, it all started happening the same way. I started mm-hmm. getting interested in boys at the exact same time that the books established it. I started, like, having adult friendship, like, being like being able to talk to adults on a normal level around the same time he did. Like, it, it just sort of... It, it ages him up. It ages him up so well that even I can relate to it 10 years later and be like, I did the same things at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. the emotional levels of the characters yeah. are spot on I think one, the whole one, time I think one interesting aspect like one facet of like what what allows a character what allows a series to age up with its audience is and uh it has to be a long-running series yeah which is like it's it's a weird prerequisite so um like you don't even get a chance like a shot at doing this well until you're already an established phenomenon yeah because you need five or six years worth of like real life time to actually like show like to have people change while you're while they're they're absorbing it mm-hmm. um and so like some, like, this is something that like, you find this with uh, with stories or that didn't necessarily plan on going as long as they do. You're talking earlier about uh, like uh, stories where they where the setting doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I mean, in my head, the example is always Pokemon. Like Ash is just eternally ten. Oh sure, yeah. Even though he occasionally celebrates having like a, a two or three year anniversary since he met Pikachu, he's still ten. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like it, it's for some things that's that's important because it means like it's all about change. Like if you want your show to stay consistent, if you want your 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 book series to not have development so you can do like uh continuing installments basically forever you don't change anything right well, pokemon is a good example too because i was going to ask like the the second follow-up was going to be like uh, um like almost is it necessary to do that to make the story work if it's that long or is it just sort of like an added bonus and i think pokemon's a good example because he's 10 right but because because every other example i can think of, of a long-running series that doesn't do that starts on adults and so it's almost like aging up with your characters really only is something that i think becomes relevant if your characters if your audience is going through the developmental period of their life oh i i would actually argue that it's about choosing your audience yeah it's it's probably much more of a financially smart decision 
to not age your audience to not age your story up with a audience at the time but instead to to keep it eternal to keep it eternal because yeah. then every time anyone turns somewhere between the age of four and 15 they can watch pokemon right it's a uh -huh. but like as if pokemon if ashed age and is now like 15 or whatever then it might change the way that the show works the the ability to have six-year-olds like it'll it, change right? your like, target audience it's, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, it comes down to consequences like i mean so like for instance marvel films they're like we talked about last time one of their big uh, criticisms that like stuff just doesn't matter like there aren't consequences mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, in a certain way, that means it's it's more like this episodic type type of Pokemon thing we're talking about, where it doesn't like shift. Mm -hmm. um, like it, the thing about uh, aging up with your audience is uh, like what makes the age work is every installment is a new situation. Like yeah, you, like you can't just jump in anywhere. Um, mm. And so it's a uh, like I, I, the I, I think the difference is: do you want a story arc, or do you want to have episodes? If you're episodes, you don't need to change anything mm -hmm. because right. an episode an episodic. Uh, medium like requires that the baseline is the same every time you start with some you know leeway here and there you know no hard and fast rules obviously but mm -hmm. um pokemon is i think pokemon works as something that you could or could not age up with like i think um that, i'm not talking about the anime because that's for children and it stays for the same age range mm -hmm. for its you know air air time but um the games um people still play them even when they're old and i think that's because they're accomplishment based um, even though you stay 10 every time or whatever, right. you're, you're completing a task and it's a task that's appealing to people of all ages. Cause it's a very basic goal. Like I want to be the best at something and it draws on themes of camaraderie, which stay universal throughout the entire human experience. So I think that it's not really like, um, Pokemon doesn't need to age to stay appealing to its target group. Um, whatever that target group is like nerdy adults and a lot of kids. Yeah. I just you say it's about camaraderie. I'm still stuck in my the, the best Pokemon generation, Gold and Silver, where it's like, hey, your rival is a hardened felon. Be careful; <laughs> they may just shoot you in the face. <laughs> Nobody likes the main character. Nobody likes Silver and or no Silver and Gold, Gold and Gold and Silver. It's like it's a tough life for that one. Yeah, that's uh, a tangent. But. Well, and what's weird is like when I when I think about Pokemon, it's obviously great. I, I have absolutely no like criticisms of it necessarily. But there's so much, like, that could be... D it's it's crazy when you, like, open up this amazing world and then you cut it off at, like, a yeah, certain point. Yeah, actually, it's a, it's like, a good point. It's, like, it's you, 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 uh, it's, it's about limitation. Like, it's so... Yeah. Like, going back to, uh, I think, a, uh, RuPaul, at one point, who, on top of everything else that he does, is, like, uh, he's a really savvy media personality. Mm -hmm. Like, RuPaul, you can... He's been consistently uh, relevant every decade since, like, the late 70s. Mm -hmm. And he has this uh, philosophy of like, you need to be basically world shattering to have anything last more than seven years in the public eye. Sure. That's like, that's his, that's his number, seven years. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like, it's, it's weird as an idea to plan for it because like, for instance, like opening up a world and only exploring this much of it, most, most media that like, you don't, you want to kind of put all your eggs in, the, in one basket. Like it's like a, uh, a, a common criticism of other big blockbuster movies right now. Everything sets up for a sequel. And then Actually, if you don't get the sequel, that sucks. I think that's yeah. I think that's a really good point. Actually, now that I think about it, I think that's the most important thing, which is to be able to age something up, you need to keep being able to explore that thing. Yeah. Like in Harry Potter, yeah. they start the world off of like potions class and here's what how wands work and then like 
And then by the end of the, you know, the, the seventh book, everyone knows all the spells. Everyone has mm -hmm. all the, you know, every, the, the world has been figured out. Now it's just exploring the depths of it. And well, that's really what, like, but like gets you there, like brings you to the end of it is like, I have explored all of this with everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that's so. why I liked the last three movies best actually is because by that point they had already gone through all the setup over You're the first in a complete six. World. Yeah. And so I knew what the world was and they got to just focus on mm -hmm. the characters. And so I got, I really hadn't been invested in anyone yeah. in particular watching it up until that point. And then I that's finally got interested in the, I mean, it might just be the, the way the movies were made or yeah. something and that bit, they didn't, yeah really show them off as well as they did in the books, which I totally believe. Yeah. Um, but it definitely helped me that they, one, that they, they had gotten, they had gotten all the world building out of the way. So with the world established, they took it slower mm -hmm. and they showed all of these kind of like, like slower, more um, in-depth character moments for like, for those entire three movies. Yeah. And the conflict felt more personal and yeah, it was just, for me, it was easier to get into later on oh. not that i didn't enjoy the first movies because just watching the world unfold right. was really yeah. interesting it's like, too this is kind of like uh, the world building is we have to come back we, right now we're doing a world building podcast at some point yeah and i, I really really wanted because jk rowling is, is a, a such an interesting example of world building in, like, in so many different aspects um it is a whole different story uh but uh yeah i think you're right one of my one of the moments that sticks out in my head uh particularly about reading the books is uh picking up the fifth book which is the one where like harry just takes no crap from anybody anymore. Mm. Like, like, like the fifth book might as well, I, I, I don't remember the exact opening line, but in my head it's always like, Harry woke up, he was pissed off. And that's like the entire book. <laughs> yeah. like they, they, it's, it sticks in my head that they, she didn't explain anything. Because the yeah. first four books is like, Harry woke up and wondered why he was in a cupboard. For you see, Harry was a wizard and this was unusual. And then the fifth book is like, Harry wants to take his wand. You know what that is. And he wants to blow some people up with some death magic. You know what that is. <laughs> to, like, be, to be fair, the reason he's angry throughout the fifth book is because no one will tell him anything. Right, right. <laughs> it's consistent. He's yeah, angry. But, so I'm uh, thinking of the, you mentioned that the later books or later movies are, are your favorite. I, my un, one, I have a lot of unpopular Harry Potter opinions. But one of them is, I think the sixth movie is a lot better than the sixth book. Like, interesting. You talk about... Interesting. Um, like you said, they take it slower. Yeah. Like the sixth book, especially I've re reread it a couple. It's the book I've re read the least number of times, mm. um, which is still only like you know five. <laughs> but like uh, uh, the sixth book kind of barely has a plot. Like I sort of kept waiting for the plot to show up, but it's sort mm. of like this is Harry's sixth year, and we're gonna just like kind of talk about how sucky the world is right now, and it's like let's just like watch like wizarding the wizarding society kind of fall apart a little bit. Yeah. And it has like this little undercurrent of also Harry's really good at potions class, and that's kind of weird. And that's, uh, that's, that's, but the movie, you don't have to wait like 30 hours worth of reading to, to kind of like get to the beginning and the end. And you're allowed to take like a lot of those personal moments to just kind of like pop on screen a lot more than the, and in the book. Cause I was like, I kept waiting for the plot to start in the book, but in the movie you're allowed to like each scene is you can like direct it in a way that, uh, emphasizes the point of it kind of a bit better. Sure. I uh, strongly disagree. That's but fine. I feel like that's a different, <laughs> different mm -hmm. podcast. Um, but we've uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say like the the way that I, th I think the way Harry Potter ages up as a series is pretty good because 
Harry's goals and the things he notices in the world start to kind of stay consistent with what you would notice at that age. And I think you were yeah. saying that earlier with the emotions. But I think with the accomplishments too, like him realizing in the sixth book that he could be good at potions with the aid of something else, like or with oh, yeah. like, and that he could get favor from his mentors. That's something you start to realize around that age. Like you start to specialize and you start like you, you kind of know what the world's about by the time you're like mid teenager. But then and there yeah. there's little <clears throat> things that change about it until you actually go into your full career and start doing like in depth knowledge right. of it. Kind of, part of uh, I, I, I kind of found like the, the books six and seven specifically uh, also aged up with me a second time when I went through college because mm-hmm. like the way he interacts with his teachers and the way he interacts with his schoolwork and and uh, six and seven are a lot more like college level stuff. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they say, by the way, here's your field. You know, you're pretty good at your field now. Every here's uh, here's this entirely new aspect that we never mentioned before. Welcome to graduate school. Yeah. Like, with the horcruxes and stuff. Um, well, he's supposed to be like seventeen or eighteen by those anyway. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's like like when he's like so he's like he like talks to Slughorn and Dumbledore like like they're people and stuff as opposed to like you know just like weird mystical like uh like uh like Charlie Brown adults and like yeah like they they like when you start like relating to your professors on like a one to one level kind of and so there was an 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 extra level of like bonus level up. One other mm-hmm. thing that I can think of so between the emotional aging of the characters and the exploration of the world. I think another weird thing that doesn't actually have to do with plot is being able to give your audience something back, like give like reward them for the yeah. time that's, that's put in. Because one yeah, of my one of my favorite things about things that like I felt have aged with me is the time that I invested in them. Yeah. Like, I put work into you, <clears throat> and then by but so by the end of Harry Potter, I felt like I felt reward. I also felt devastated, but I felt yeah. rewarded. Like when the castle comes alive. I was stoked. Like in the books, when she starts mm-hmm. talking about it, I was so unbelievably, unbelievably stoked because I, I had thought about it, like, and they kind of like allude to it occasionally, like throughout the books. But just that the world is so much bigger and that mm-hmm. Hogwarts is so much more than they like lead on. Mm-hmm. But then, like, these giant, like, 10 foot stone soldiers, like, start dropping from the walls of Hogwarts. And I freaked out. I was like, I've put so much time into this series and I am rewarded with an epic battle. Like, yeah. the epicest <laughs> battle that ever was. I, I think so. I, speaking of, like, there's a, a aging up with your audience. This is very interesting in the context of movies, but like, as, like we were talking about, like it, it, because it takes so long, mm-hmm. you just don't often get that much time. Mm-hmm. The, the, the place where this happens the most frequently is, unsurprisingly, fantasy novels. Sure. But like, like it, this is children's fantasy where it's, uh, I think, where it's maintained its, its like worldwide global phenomenon yeah. uh, status for so long, but like your average fantasy series that exists for, this is all about, like the entire point of most fantasy series is getting to that payoff level. Mm-hmm. And now, lots of them don't do it well. And lots of involve adult characters, so the aging up isn't quite the the point. But um, like, uh, it's there's a a lot of these a lot of these topics and, and tropes apply to broad fantasy novels really really strongly. And the other one that happens in a lot is anime. Like you like where, that's like, specific, what I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah I was like, like, like I know anime, I've seen like, this happen before, but I can't think of a specific example. It's like a like like where you, like you learn how the the magic system whatever whatever anime works. And then you build on it and build on it, and then eventually, well, since it's anime, it all changes, and they introduce a whole new thing. And then it's like, but but there's like a lot of individual arcs have like a, like, like Dragon Ball Z. We know like Spirit Bomb is such a huge payoff because it's so it makes sense, but it's so much different than everything Goku has done before. Right. But like Super Saiyan is like a culmination of everything we wanted Goku to do. Well, like I think that's a great segue, and too, and I know all the anime fans are gonna hate me. Avatar: The Last Airbender, which <laughs> is another great example of aging up with your audience. 
um, in uh, I think in a few different ways. Some wait, good wait, and some not as good. You think it is a good way, or well, I think so. My opinions on it personally are that the first series does a pretty good job of aging up its characters. It had a much shorter yeah. run, so it's harder <clears throat> to see because it's only over three seasons. Yeah. But it does age up its characters a little bit. I grew up watching that show. Like, I remember growing up watching that show. I remember... I, it, it came it out during, like, like, a, a formative two, period of my life, for sure. So yeah. it was, like, it was an important helps. three years. Yeah. It was still only three years, but it wasn't important three years. It was. Um, and I think That's they true. did a really good job of just... Well, specifically of, of the payoff kind of thing that you guys are talking about yeah. with, like, the st- firmly establishing the rules really early on. Yeah. And it never broke them. Right. It just let its characters grow within them until, like... Because yeah. you could have anticipated most of the stuff they ended up doing, and a lot of people did. You know, That's like, when true. they introduced the concepts of, like... Water bending. Blood Most bending, people early yeah. on were like, "Well, could you like blend bend people's blood or something?" Right. And then they bring that in, and you know, season I three. I can't believe they brought that in though. That that yeah, that was like it, wild. They did a lot of really cool things like that, where they brought in you know Toph being able to do extra stuff and like yeah. bringing in all these additional powers later on and things like that. That's um, so cool though. I well, so and then I don't actually know if this is necessarily on our topic. Um, and I know a lot of people disagree with me on the quality of the second series yeah um but they tried making Korra specifically for the same audience aged up right like the entire like the legend of all the characters are older they are young adults they aren't kids anymore yeah it's like the entire new cast is set for the same audience that had watched the previous one but they acknowledged that they had aged up and set it in the new story yeah but I also don't think it was nearly as good. It's right. not. And I'm I don't sure. I don't know if that's why, necessarily, I, or I if it's tied in. More inclined to believe it's just the lightning in a bottle effect. <laughs> like, you like, getting a certain set of uh, characters and a certain setup, even if, like, it's uh, getting that, getting, like, in the groove with it, um, it, you just can't always repeat that with a new setting. Right. And my, my example of this is, uh, I think, it's a very similar level of, of, of like, this is magic and this ain't it, is, uh, is Mass Effect. Like, the first three games have such an unbelievable... Uh, we can talk about the ending later. It's a totally different podcast again, but like the like it has it's such a it's such a, a good groove and such a world uh, such a good like like uh, arc and you, uh, all your 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 shipmates are great and all the characters are great and they tried it again with Andromeda, which was at, at basically entirely different people behind it. Yeah, and the characters didn't click, the story didn't land. There were it's uh, it's <clears throat> they tried to expand on what they had before and it just didn't work because. They just didn't hit that same like magic combination. I actually think that was Korra's problem more than anything mm-hmm. was was just the the new they just tried reconstructing the same thing out of different pieces and the new combination didn't work as well. Right. I completely agree. Which is interesting because it might like I would be curious to see what a continuation of the original story might have looked <clears throat> like instead. Like if right, they had yeah. jumped if a you, few years in the future with the same characters and started a new story arc so much with the same That's people. A, that is, then, by the way, like a, a, a staple of most shonen anime. Right, I like that about anime skip. is that they go they go like to adult life like right I like I really really wish that Harry Potter didn't end when they like defeated Voldemort or whatever like I wish that we had been able to stay in the world and see him grow up and get married and have kids and I mean I know she summarized all that but like yeah. that's important like and I know that some of the continuing like books or play whatever touches on that but no 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 no, 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 no. I, I haven't read Let's it but <laughs> I, I wish like, the cursed child like, is less canon than the infancy gospel how dare you say like, it's <laughs> good, good worlds and good people and don't stop being interesting when the bad guy dies like I just am not not interested in characters well, see, because I've spent that, so much time investing yeah. in them it's interesting you say that because that's a very specific element of J.K. Rowling's world building I think is important is like bringing back in with, with, I talk about this a bit more on the the other podcast but it's a uh, it's she writes for the specific purpose of what she has set up 
like her world building is entirely it's like it's a it's like a lean to it's like a it's like um, a tent that only works because every single stick is laying in on itself as soon as you remove one element of her world every other part falls apart and so like the villain is necessary to make the Harry Potter world work I think like the adventures of Harry Potter wizard cop I don't think is actually <laughs> that interesting because so much that is foundational is gone when you when you take out the main conflict I would still think it was interesting but I would probably want to like go more with the 10 year olds again yeah. You know, cuz that's just that's just a good age like to start off a series because, you know, the person is kind of like um they're they're before they're annoying, but they're when they're still innocent, I guess. Um like stage. and when they're first starting to discover some of the cool adult stuff about the world. So it's 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 a good starting point for any number of Going like, back to shows. Avatar with this example. Ang, um, right? Like uh like so I, I haven't seen all of Avatar, but I know the, the basic beats for most of it. Like I think one reason I, I, it's a good example of aging characters up, even though it has a very a very short run. So it's not it's not so much as aging up with your audience, which is aging your characters, which right. is yeah. related. Like which is actually every, interesting, just because well I was gonna say that the in the in show time is actually even less than right. the than the real lifetime. I think it's like a few months in the show or yeah. something. That's yeah. it. But um like each season they uh, going back to what the difference between like it's epics, two years. No, it's a few months because because they're aiming at the um Aang the starts at ten and ends the at comet. 12. They're they're timing it right. The yeah. comet's a once a year thing, right? It, yeah, it's it's only within oh one God, single year right. the entire so, show. But like uh, the every season starts with the characters in a different situation. We like to talk about the difference between episodic and like an actual arc. Yeah, you're, you need to like, a, a episodic. You can um, jump in at any point, and it basically the premise stays the same. Every right. season starts with the characters in a new premise. Like now we're in the Fire Nation and we have to hide, or like now we're, it's not just yeah like the the it does world building as it goes along. And eventually I think the world building kind of tapers off and we just get to like, to like the meat of the story where like everything they do changes the next, how the, how they can operate in the next episode. Yeah. And so like at a certain point, like they go from <clears throat> let's go chase a, a seal penguins or whatever to uh, now we have to hide because if any one of these soldiers sees us, they will slit our throats. Like they, they, they definitely adult up really hard at one right. point. They just change mm-hmm. the circumstances into more adult circumstances. Right. With that one, I guess is what happens. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's only a year, they kind of artificially like, and like they, the characters go through like five years worth of maturity development in the, in that year. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think there's, the, uh, it's kind of hard because I really feel like there's an overarching, um, like, like attraction to when you're 10 and when you're 15, you can like the same shows. You yeah. can be a deep 10 year old and you can be an image or a 15 year old, or you could just be totally normal and avatar could range the exact same. Like you can, yeah. you can enjoy it just as much at any of those ages necessarily. And so it's kind of hard to tell if avatar ages up with its audience or if it just forever ages well. In, a, in an yeah. important way that they grow up and also you remember the difference between you at the beginning of one year mm. and you at the end of that year. Yeah. It's like so. kind of similar, like going back to the anime example. Uh, like so in, in, in Japan, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z aren't different shows. There's just a time skip between the two. Oh, okay. Mm. But like, so I, Rachel and I both started, we, we, we were uh, re-watching Dragon Ball. Well, I was watching it for the first time. I read Dragon Ball to start off with. And comparing Dragon Ball to the start of Dragon Ball Z is such a weird experience because it's so juvenile. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, it's, Goku's supposed to be like seven or 13 or whatever, but mm-hmm. he's an actual like child baby sort of creature. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a lowbrow, you know, pervy anime jokes. It's just, it's like actual slapstick humor, like, like nearly stepping on a rake style, like physical humor. <laughs> and then like you, by the time you get to like the end of the first arc of Dragon Ball Z, it's like, I just killed my brother because he tried to destroy the world. 
And it's like, now we will train. Our muscles need to be, our bodies need to be strong to be able to fight off, like, the physical manifestations of doom. Well, what's really, I was just thinking about, like, things that specifically don't do this well. Mm -hmm. And one of my, one of my biggest, like, biggest examples, and I can't really, like, place my finger on it, but Disney movie sequels, it's not really enough time to age up, but they specifically age down. They're like, oh, did you like the first Little Mermaid? Mm -hmm. Here is literal three-year-old nonsense, like... It, Ooh, the, like, right, well, I think, of, well, go ahead. Actually, the second Little Mermaid was great. But all <laughs> of the ones after that and the TV show for pretty much any like major Disney motion mm. picture seems to like specifically be like not even on the same level as the first one. But mm-hmm. lower, yeah. It's like, let's go lower. This is actually like, yeah, great. I think, I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I've been thinking about Disney this whole time because of the way they keep redoing like the movies in live action and they're kind of worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that Disney is like really economically motivated in a way that other like Harry Potter, what didn't have to be or Disney doesn't have to be, but they're really like a cash grab organization at at their core. Uh, I mean, they're good storytellers, but they tell like the one good story. They tell like all the shitty stories they can get out of that one good story. Yeah, Disney is like going back to the 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 central problem of do you age your characters or or not is which is do you have the timeshare? Like, is your thing enough of Disney never has to worry about this. Disney right. never has to worry if they're going to be relevant in 10 years, because yes, they will be. Uh, well, so but they, Frozen. Right. And so, so it's like the whole deal is like they, everything they do is about capturing the audience of their current age. Like, which is a great segue into Kingdom Hearts, I think. I, I, I don't think, well, that point, Disney does something where with their good movies, they hit like every age bracket. Like where you can enjoy it as like an 80 year old. Yeah, um, it's true. But when you have a sequel to it, they... Like any sequel that Disney makes is since it's been like it doesn't matter if it's been three years or, or six, they always want to basically hit like that same like there's there's a sweet spot like they, that they need to be appealing to. Yeah, like they they I, can't I, afford to lose any part of their audience when they move to a new when they move to a sequel. I think, think part of it. The problem with with bringing Disney sequels in as a comparison is that they're never made as artistic extensions to the original story. It's mm. right, the movie did well. So Disney, the company, makes more products that can now, make more money. And that's yeah. all the sequels are. It's the okay. same thing as making toys off of them. It, it, sure. Great segue Pixar's there. With, like, a yeah. single, with a singular exception of Toy Story. Which, okay. yeah. which, is, which is actually like talking about aging up with your, uh, with your audience. Like, that is yeah, a good example. A good, I didn't think about yeah. that at all, actually. My, uh, my, my family went to go see Toy Story 3 the day before I moved away for college. Oh, no. Right. I mean, <laughs> they, knew, is, they knew what they were doing with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and they seem to appear to know what they're doing with Frozen as well. well I mean, is, obviously, there's not right. a lot to go off of, I'm but that's not the that. same toned movie. <laughs> no, no, it's not. not. So, I mean, Frozen is like a different like thing, though. They're trying so, like that that part. Whatever happened to the studio, like in the meantime, with Frozen and Tangled, is like a different business model. Interesting. I think. Well, I mean, like, so I'm maybe not a different business model, but a different. Pixar has some. Like Pixar's a whole. I don't know. I have to like, think about it. Neither of those are Pixar, though. Those are just Disney's studio. Is it Frozen, Frozen not Pixar at all? Nope. Nah. Okay, it's just cool. 3D animated. Yeah. But it is a good point that they don't actually. Um, I haven't seen direct to DVD sequels of any modern Disney movies. They don't seem to do that as well, much they anymore. Do. Well, they, well, they do. Well, they do. They do Frozen minis. Like, they do Frozen oh, shorts do for kids like, that are direct to DVD. It has the, a TV series. It's two dimensional. Oh, no. They try to do an Olaf spinoff. Oh. I, th- I think it was, I forget, in front of one, one of the Pixar movies, they had a 25-minute Olaf short as opposed to, like, the, uh. the cute little, like, three-minute Jerry's game style, and people hated it. They, they so hated it sounds off. like they're catching on, and what they're doing is they're creating a bunch of really garbage things for for toddlers. They're just getting I better. I mean, they always they did, did But that. at the same time, like now, the little now mermaid they're sequence. aging it up, though. Okay. Now, you want to talk about, it's just, just, this, is, this is great, talking about aging up to capture an audience that you used to have. 
Have you seen the Door of the Explorer trailer? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Have it looks ridiculous. It? Yeah, that's a good example. I What's have, I, the I, point? I, uh, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch that movie. It's, I mean, it actually looks like you remember how bad the decent. Kim Possible movie looked because it, yeah. it, 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 it looked like it looked like what it was Possible. supposed to be. It's it's. But I didn't ask for a Dora. The, no one I didn't asked. either. But no I asked for it. more Kim Possible, and they gave it to me. It was just Dora the Explorer. I mean, Dora, with Danny Trejo has boots. The fact is, Dora is a cultural phenomenon, and even if you think Dora is annoying, which I think everybody does, there are so many like adult videos on YouTube like that are like edgy Dora the Explorer. That it's right. like you know why didn't they do that before? Like why didn't they make it's, an actual movie? But anyway, like it's going it to be just, terrible. Of course, I mean it's going to be horrible. Be, yeah, you're right. It's going to be so much less terrible than it has any right to be. But I think it's going to be like the Jumanji. <laughs> Like it's gonna be like that. No, Jumanji was great. Okay, I haven't think, seen it. Okay, okay. it actually Sorry. it was it was annoyingly good. But this I don't is, think Dora will accomplish the same thing. I, I think it might. This I is don't. another. I feel like this is another actual like like parallel example to age because this also isn't aging with your audience. This is um, capturing nostalgia. And, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's aging with your audience. That, we are we are now purchasing power. So it's, it's it's well yeah it's yeah. like uh, I mean a lot of this is like like um. When I was a kid, I didn't have money, and now I do. So, what do I want to put my money on? It's still the same thing. It's, it's stuff that makes you feel <laughs> stuff that makes you feel warm and fuzzy. That makes you feel nostalgic, like because I, I mean, the way that our economic situation is going in the country, it makes a lot of sense <clears> that a lot of the the things that would be marketed to the, the our generation, the millennials, would hark back to a time when we were well taken care of and we didn't have anxieties. Whoa! So I I, <laughs> I think, think that, I think what this has told me is that we are not the marketing uh, age range anymore because I didn't grow up on Dora. Dora was like. Four years after, right. millennials are still like, like we're still Dora, in that bracket. I like, didn't grow up on Dora. My brothers did. Yeah, but like you're, if, if, you're. They're not marketing to me anymore. <laughs> I'm not the nostalgia audience. Well, I, yeah, I mean, we still have nostalgia things that are marketed to us. Okay, yeah, I, we do I, have Detective Pikachu coming out. Right, pretty right. Soon. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's just Thank for you, us. Right. That's for us. That's our thing. And my kids, my students, thought it was the dumbest looking shit ever. But all of my adult friends were like, were like, oh, Did you cool. Yo, my god, so great. Oh, okay. And the kids who even like Pokemon were like, that looked like so cringy oh horrible oh my, my reaction was something like that's not how i wanted this <laughs> i mean it's, i do think it's a bit cringe like i it's not exactly what i would like it's not perfect for but me but it's, it. it's I mean, something okay. yeah, yeah. My, my, my it looks, it looks is, like it'll be fun I, 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 it's actually everything I, I wanted with the exception of ryan reynolds that's like if you, if uh, you did, why did they put exactly why, if you, if pikachu if you, is so much you, more innocent than ryan reynolds in my mind that one aspect of it like, or even actually, even yeah, if Ryan Reynolds hadn't been Deadpool, I think that would have fixed it. It's mm -hmm. just like, yeah. it's too close. But it, it, if you just pretend that that's like, if you go through the entire movie production just with the different casting there, mm -hmm. that's everything seven-year-old me ever like <laughs> could have dreamed of. I agree. Right. So it's a um, different, it, it's not aging your, with your characters, it's aging up with like your audience instead. Right. It is. Uh, mm -hmm. That's true. But so this, I think Kingdom Hearts... Failed to yeah. do that. Well, yeah. So, to, so since we have about fifteen minutes left, so this is this is the the I think the exact counterexample of how to properly age up with your audience, and it is the <laughs> thing that I had when I was a kid. This was like I didn't have Harry Potter, but I got into Kingdom Hearts, and this was like my whole world for a few years. For for so, reference, I met Kyle because Jeffrey's like, hey, this is my friend Kyle, and then he broke Kyle's. Keyblade necklace that he was wearing in high school. That's so mad. That's so and mad that he did and that. then uh, this was like an ongoing thing for three days, and I'm like, cool, I'm not doing anything. So I just like hung out with them for those days, and that was that's why we're friends. So thank you, King Hearts, <laughs> even though I've never played it. But it's it was it, so good. It, it, it was it was it was really, yeah, it was really good, good when um, when I was a kid. Yeah, it was a huge deal. I remember seeing it. Um, I was at uh, my friend's house, um, and they showed us Kingdom Hearts. 
and the opening cinematic was like all it took. Like mm-hmm. I saw that and it was like I had never seen anything like that before. Like it, it, it unlocked this whole like side of my brain that I didn't know existed because all I had watched was Nickelodeon cartoons up until that point. Right. Yeah. And it's weird because Kingdom Hearts, looking back on it now, it's like one of the most like disgustingly wholesome things you can watch. But at the time, it was like, whoa, this thing is like deep, man. Right. <laughs> like, so like, you did like anime? I, yes. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I only, uh, only, uh, only really Americanized version. What, what I'm talking about, what it was Kingdom Hearts is is like a, a, it is very structurally similar to an anime. It I is. think so, with, yeah, with Disney mixed in for profit. But the, the so, medium is much easier to to like, get into. I think. Well, it was so I, meaningful. I, not for me. The reason I never ha- I, I, I was a Nintendo guy. Oh, somehow, yeah. somehow, Kingdom Hearts wasn't a Nintendo game. Right. What? Right. <laughs> I know it's so wholesome. Why wasn't it's because it? it was because it was a, a, a Squeenix game and Squeenix like yeah. they just mm-hmm. they did not do Nintendo. I mean Final Fantasy I guess walks that line too. Like I mean it's it's like I remember my first Final Fantasy game I played, maybe I was too old for it because I was like, this isn't deep at all. But it was so, trying really hard to be deep. I was like, Meh. Like, Final Fantasy seven um, is it's funny going well, back and watching it. He's so angsty. Final Fantasy is kind of all over the place. I'm not right, sure yeah. they've ever really, like, cornered a specific age group with their audience no, on I Final mean, Fantasy. Well, no, it's, I think it's, it's teenagers. Just, you have to, you have to, go, you have to is, go, like, Yeah, or it's, or it's exclusively one. There are, like, 17 always. of them. They are very wildly. <laughs> but, like, the, the, the prominent example of, like, Final Fantasy VII, which is, that's the crossover into Kingdom Hearts, I think, right? That's, like, mm-hmm. Scott Sephiroth. They have, they have, they have seven and nine and ten and a bunch yeah. of other ones from there, yeah. Like, it's a, it's a very kind of, like, um, it's very I'm 14 and this is deep style. It's like it kind mm-hmm. of is, like, but so it's it's great if you're 12. And well, and then Kingdom Hearts is very Disney, which is where a lot of its whole mm-hmm. thing comes from. Like it's it's bringing in the Final Fantasy teenager edge and then mixing it with Disney stuff, which for me at that point in my life was the exact bridge I needed right. to, to, right. to be able to cross so, it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like it was extremely. I don't know, it was just, it was really meaningful to me at the time. I got really into it, and it was, like, perfectly on point for my age then. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2 came out a little while later, and I think it actually leaned into the Final Fantasy stuff a little bit more. And he did, yeah. Which actually, I think, was a point in their favor as far as, yeah. like, aging it up. It For me, I it, it still felt as good as the original one because they... they the Disney aspect was still there, yeah. but they used that sort of edgy teenager thing a little bit more. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then as everyone knows, recently Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. It's like a, a, ten year exa- a 10 year gap, right? It was like 12. It was yeah, it was the longest. Years. I still can't believe it's actually out right. now. But we went, I, me and Allison bought it um, when it came out because... Yep. Because I had to. I yeah. mean, there's like, I mean, it was it yeah. was such a big deal. Because you were the audience for it. Yeah, right. it was like I I am their audience. It was me. I had a keyblade on my wall. It was a big deal. I spent sixty dollars mm-hmm. on it Every when I was fifteen. Every girl I ever knew dressed all... it as Kyrie for like five yeah, years. Yeah, that was a whole thing. It's us. I wore we Sora's necklace. So not just a Keyblade necklace, I wore Sora's necklace I to school. I knew every word to Real, the opening song. I, I, really I knew it in Japanese and could play it on the piano, girl. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. us. Yeah. We are the this audience. This necklace thing is important because it shows how oblivious I was. Oh. It's a big chain with a stainless steel crown on it. It's this big. Oh my god. Nobody else knew what Kingdom Hearts was. I was just walking around school with a gangster chain on. No, but everyone I didn't knew Kyle, everyone knew what Kingdom Hearts was. Not the people was. I was around. No. Some serious like notorious BIG like like level like <laughs> like, like like king king playing going on. Yeah. For, for, like, That's okay, terrifying. whatever. Like other other developments on like if you've ever seen anything Kyle's ever drawn, he still draws people with Kingdom Hearts feet. That's true. Yeah, all that's my true. Yeah. It was just it was such a big influence. And we get this game and we start playing it. And the, f- 
I think the first thing that like set off a little red flag in my mind was on the loading screen there was a mock Instagram post oh, no. from the characters. Yeah. Sick, oh, sick. Yeah. That was made by and an adult, like, and it was bad. Not both yeah. well. Gross. That was made by like a thirty-five-year-old man. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3, but understanding the, the problems with it from a few different media sources is they, instead of designing the game for you, they designed the game so that current 10-year-olds would pick up the that's franchise. Exactly right, that's what that's they, what they, it's they, for, it's, yeah. Disney's about audience capture. And a lot of mm-hmm. it was still the same. I, I was watching and I was like, as I was watching, I, I would love to say that Kingdom Hearts 3 was worse than the previous ones. It's actually not. It's just as bad. If you go back and play a couple of the old ones, like the dialogue is still... Just as cringy, right, the pacing is still just as weird. It's, it it's just, fun it because you you remember liking it, right? Yeah, yeah. um, and so they didn't but change ten years any later, of it that. Doesn't need ten to be year, that yeah, bad. I know it was it, technology has come so far, and they, and it was still the same thing. And they are they're like the prominent movies in it are it's Frozen and Tangled are like yeah. the big selling points. Yeah, they've got Pixar stuff in it now. Yeah, and they've got, um. All these different kind of like yeah, it's it's not it's not well, playing to the audience that played it the first time, mm-hmm. which is weird because they're the ones that were buying the game, but it is playing to current kids, which is also weird because they didn't play the original games. Right, right, but they might have seen their older siblings play it. Well, no, no, yeah, no, no. And, maybe you're right. Like there may have been some years. some overlap, but like the people that currently have the money to purchase the game and want it are the ones that. Did play it. We are the but what's the, what's the rating of the game? Is it T? I no. Or I don't Y think so. or something? I think it's really still E10 plus. Yeah. So that, so they're not the that the people who have the purchasing money for those type of games are adults. Like it's it's there's there's a shift in the marketing. The only reason Kingdom Hearts three should have even been made. Is for Girl. us, is, is, or is, else, or else, is, no, do, no, like do something. Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a no it's a formula you can reinvent. I think no, that we should it, ask some ten-year-olds how they feel about it. That's my opinion. But the thing is, if, they're gonna if, like it. Yeah, I mean, right. that's that's great. Another, and another this is Kingdom Hearts Three isn't the third game. Kingdom Hearts Three is like the twelfth game. Yeah, well, yeah it is it's, important. It's like, to... it's, it is the payoff of of a multimedia empire. It's like there's been like like for a decade, people have like wild back and forth through. Numerous failed gaming systems, just in an effort to like try and get like the only reason itty bitty bits of story. Anyone's been keeping up with it is so that you'd be ready for when Kingdom Hearts Kingdom three Hearts came out to, exactly. to answer all these weird convoluted <coughs> problems. So I, I I haven't tested this theory yet, but I have a strong thesis that will test eventually someday, Kyle. The Kingdom Hearts is basically just uh, Metal Gear Solid for ten year olds. And it's like, <laughs> oh I just want to know like Jesus. every single part of this is so convoluted and crazy. And there's no way they can ever pull it off. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and so in that way. What? Kingdom Hearts 3 is a capstone that doesn't, isn't designed for new audiences. But just like, yeah, I, I agree. Why make it? Why put yeah. 10 years of your audience on the line knowing they're not, I mean, they can't. Without I out. literally cannot imagine that the creators of Kingdom Hearts are so oblivious that they don't know that we want this yeah. so bad. And they spend 10 years you know, not I mean, even teasing it, just like just nothing, just, just, just I, absolutely I, I, nothing, just just no one's picking up on the other line, only to release something 
actually worse. It is worse. And I've I have picked up Kingdom Hearts 1 just throughout my life multiple mm-hmm. times. The gameplay is harder. Like it's it harder is. and the yeah. story is better. Obviously right, the no. story got ruined. But I haven't even gotten to the like it's it's actually just I, I still don't think bad. it's as fun to play personally. I, I think so I think an issue, part of part of what King, a difference between Kingdom Hearts and say like Harry Potter is so uh, there in the in the decade intervening between uh, like Kingdom Hearts debuting and Kingdom Hearts three the AAA video game industry has gone through multiple paradigm shifts. Yes. It's, it's, like, right. it's like, when Kingdom Hearts was released, it was really low stakes. It was just a really good game made by a company that knew how to do, like, it was in, in yeah. investing in a new 3D market. Whoa. Right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, we're, we're out of the PlayStation now. Was Kingdom Hearts originally was, a PlayStation? It was PS2. PS2, yeah. So, I remember it being a big deal for PlayStation 2. Like, everybody's like, the graphics, man. And, like, and so, like, uh, since then, video games have changed entirely. But, like, so, with Harry Potter... It's one woman writing a thing, right? She, I mean, and she has a media empire behind her, and like, it's it's all sorts of corporate shenanigans and stuff. But like, yeah, the people who wrote Kingdom Hearts and the the, the company they worked for is not it's not recognizable as the as the, the company that made Kingdom Hearts one anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all different point. kinds of weird market pressures. All like, it's it's such a a and you can't have one person can't make a video game like Kingdom Hearts. You know what? This is actually the exact same problem as them not singing "Sweet Victory." For the Super Bowl, <laughs> like ever, they knew, they knew, what? they knew, they, oh, they knew, a, they knew that was it gonna... was us. They knew that it was the people that had grown up. The creator of SpongeBob had died. They knew that all of, all of us, our age, had literally been watching SpongeBob for like fifteen years at this point. They they teased it, and then they just like completely yeah. let everyone down. Super right? disappointing because if there was, if I was gonna pick one pop band that knew how to age with its audience. It, it would, would be, be Maroon, Maroon 5. Five. Oh. Maroon 5, the chameleon of, of uh, Oh, like, my God. I, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. It's just like Maroon 5 has, has never felt the need to be artistically consistent enough to not be, like, good with whatever's happening right now. Yeah. Well, their, their personal taste might change with how people grow up. It's not like it's a creator's just static. Well, okay, so, I mean, obviously David Bowie's the famous example of being of the chameleon who who shifted his musical style every single decade. To, to match what was going on, and that's mm-hmm. it's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like no, it's a good I mean, thing it's, to it's, be able it, to do that. The reason Rune Five is, is successful, and it's not because they make poor artistic choices. Um, Rachel, I think to touch up on something that you're talking about, it's fine to target anything you create at a certain age range, mm-hmm. but to but to make something that then has to basically ignore the wants of an entire group of people that had played or had experienced that is just it's just, I mean, I would personally think it's dumb. Obviously not. That's why everybody is doing it at this point. But it's just like a slap in the face. Like, it's such, it seems bad. It's just bad. The sweet like victory just thing and the Kingdom Hearts thing? Is like, that specifically the, the Kingdom Hearts about? thing, mm-hmm. which is just like, yes, you can target that game at 10-year-olds. There will always be new 10-year-olds. But it would have been, like, it would have been a phenomenon if our age range had picked it up and it had right. been everything that we had ever wanted well, like it would have it would have like right? right or it's like that's yeah. it, like right. otherwise that's you're making pokemon on, on a right. similar level it's like well except like, that the plot's advancing which is a right. weird it's tension a, so like, to pick up on right because like, there's yeah. the fact the, that there were a bunch of people on hold for it changes like the way that the marketing maybe should have gone i think that's what right. you're saying so like the, the, the um, counter example of this or the, the companion example is like legend of zelda Mm-hmm. Which oh yeah, reinvents itself every five to six great, years. Great, with, yeah. with each new each new um, console. Like Twilight Princess is basically kind of a dark and gritty remake of Ocarina of Time. Okay, it's Twilight like, Princess right. was kind of bad. I, I I enjoyed it a lot actually, it but it, it, it's, it was designed for new 
12-year-olds to pick up and love as much as I loved Ocarina of Time. But totally. they, did it, so they it, did it in such a skillful way that well, it was look, appreciable is, there by others. There isn't a continuing plot. Yeah, it's, right. it, it, there's a continuing world and kind of a continuing lore. It's they, themes. This, 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 it's kind of like Mad Max, actually. Right, like, they yeah. kind of do like a remake. reboot thing for, yeah. each, for each entry. And so what that means is, like, if Kingdom Hearts had done that, if Kingdom Hearts had, like, it would have pissed off a bunch of people because they, like, if, if, if this had been instead, like, a new entry into kind of like a, a new Kingdom Hearts franchise, it wouldn't be as disappointing because right. it was, uh, it'd be something, it wouldn't be playing on all the hopes, fears, and dreams I've had over the past 10 years about this character. That's right. exactly what I was... It's like, at that point, why even make it Kingdom Hearts 3? Like, make, just make, make it, it a make new it, yeah. thing with new right. people. Otherwise, Kingdom Hearts Twilight Princess. Well, yeah. But they decided yeah. to start the most convoluted plot of all time <laughs> within the first, and then <clears> continued throughout... I'm still going to say you haven't seen Metal Gear Solid yet. <laughs> and then they continued throughout the next 10 years making weird other variations of yeah. Kingdom Hearts and, like, creating different, like, little spin-offy things. And just not committing to keep us invented, right? Right, yeah. but then when they actually come out with Kingdom Hearts 3... They're just like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm sure that there was, I'm sure that there was a lot of stuff that went into that, like, in of terms of, like, stuff. waiting for Disney properties to have been around for such a... I think it's, it's a lot of, like, like, when can we invest in this big <clears throat> AAA release again? Um, yeah. And it's not a Final Fantasy game. Like, because it's Square Enix who makes, like, they, when they release something, it needs to be, they, it, it's a significant allocation of resource. I think part of it is because Kingdom Hearts got so big. Mm-hmm. Like if if yeah. they were if they were allowed to keep it as small as the as the game started off, I mean it was never going to be a small game. It was always a big a big banner release. Yeah. But <clears throat> Kingdom Hearts three is such a. It's almost a console selling release. Mm-hmm. Like it's a yeah. like at that point they like, Squeenix has to get like their entire house in order to allocate funds to make that game, and that the, you can't yeah. just do that anytime. I just got kind of bogged down in marketing stuff. I think eventually yeah. so it mm-hmm. had to well, be what happened. I don't think it. Th- oh, go ahead. I was just going to kind of wrap it up, though. Um, I think the biggest thing is, like, taking an example like Kingdom Hearts and comparing it to Harry Potter, the emotional state of the character does not change, but the plot continues to attempt to. Like, a lot of things attempt to change. The audience has... The original audience has totally grown up, and you can definitely appeal to both audience. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not completely outside of the realm. On top of that, they, they create a world that they set up pretty... I mean, they set up the world. Like, the world exists, and you get to explore all the different worlds within the first one. But then by the third one, you're doing all the same things. So you don't mm. get further into the world yeah. either. Um, go ahead. Just as, as, as kind of a... Uh, I, I could have brought this up way earlier. As a, as a companion piece of this back on movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of what we're talking about with this is a similar to a lot of the problems people have with the new Star Wars movies. Yes, I was going to talk like, about it's, that. It's nostalgia yeah. capture without... without, without progress except like, that we're, we're five minutes over we are actually, <laughs> i was yeah, gonna so try i was we, gonna try wrap this, this is a great place to mine for more but i also yeah. want to i want to bring up real quick why don't we talk about rugrats okay that's the end <laughs> it's literally oh called God. all grown up and that it was w- actually the original like like nostalgia reboot okay, I think. right actually, it was, i yeah. loved all grown up a lot of people complained about it i, I liked too. it I, actually i part of it is that it, it didn't there wasn't a huge time gap yeah like it like all, all grown up like i remember them seeing a uh, them like the behind the scenes feature for working on Rugrats, mm-hmm. and they like, like they were modeling all grown up characters, and like I thought that kid looks kind of old to be on Rugrats, whatever. And then like next year they had all grown up. It's like oh okay, like, there's a smooth transition between the mm-hmm. two series. Anyway, so the last thing I think that Kingdom Hearts fails at there were the three things, and the third one is there was no payoff, no payoff for ten years of waiting for all the time right, invested in the games. Harry Potter thing, yeah. There was just beat the absolutely game? nothing. 
No, it's uh, it's unplayable. I, <laughs> I cannot I, play that game. I, payoff. I've seen reviews. I have made it right. What, I made it. Ending is super great. Sora kills Sephiroth with a gun. Like, the ending doesn't I, I matter know, because I I cannot deal with the way that they've switched the gameplay to appeal to like literal five year olds. You literally just like you button mash until you load up enough button mashes that you then turn your button mashing into a giant glowing ship Disney that then ride. rocks back and forth. <laughs> oh yeah, Disney okay, ride, literal literal roller Disney coaster ride. rides. I, I'm, I'm just saying you're selling this game really hard to me right I now. I mean, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts was designed to resell old Disney property. Like it, like it just. It just like originally was one of Disney's money grabbing things that they did okay, so super artfully. They could have They're, done it good, but they, they needed did to not. get the parks in. They had to get the. <laughs> I think that that's incredibly okay, so, stupid. So, I didn't know that was a mechanic. We're, um, at, we're at the end. We're at the end of the right, podcast. Right, right. I don't want to go on too Sorry. much longer. If I, I, I just wanted to present one like kind of conclusion I drew from it, just because I, I had a a realization I think during it. Yeah. Um, just kind of like narrowing it back down, just to like storytelling and stuff. Yeah. And like how to properly age yeah. things. I I think there's actually a really um, sort of like beneficial parallel between um, essentially coming of age with your characters, like having them, even if they don't age much, like in, in Avatar, mm-hmm. having the emotional aging process right. match up with the um, uh, the way that you reveal your world and the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I, yeah. think, I think the when when it's done really well, when when they age up the story with their audience well or even just age their story up at all it's when you use your character's growth to drive the story growth yep. right and, yeah and like and so you start kind of simple and innocent and then end up you know they usually end up kind of getting darker and more into, mm-hmm. into specific characters and things like that like they do with harry potter like they do with yeah. avatar um and i think that's when it's done most effectively is when you tie the that sort of like inherent growth of the characters with the growth of the story that right. has to happen to tell a good story. The, the right, of, exactly. I, 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 I was saying of that. Age like plot is supposed to be like I mean what there's a whole like a entire wedges of literature the entire world over. They're basically based around like between the ages of uh, like ten and sixteen, every human changes like dramatically. Like and, what's and, it? Oh, go ahead. And, and so making stories and plots that change the world basically that mimics like. The, the, the puberty range of like, human mm-hmm. emotions between like I'm tiny and I don't know what the world is into I understand the world and this kind of sucks like it's a it, it's it, it, and that's told through stories as diverse as like you know war movies or tiny little romance stories or fantastical space plots it's like uh, so many so many overarching stories just stories in general are just like about basically that 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 four year range of human development yeah right mm-hmm. exactly even if it's no matter what the actual plot is it, it's mirroring that sort of revelation of, like, what is this to, oh, this is what this is. And I think mm-hmm. we kind of touched on this. I think it's really cool if you can integrate your world building with that growth in the character, which is what yeah. Harry Potter did really well. Because right. mm-hmm. um, if you're if they're discovering the world at the same time you're discovering your own world around you or whatever, right. you're, you can remember back to the time when you only knew about certain things. It's it's, it's really right. good. Um, I discover, it's a great combination. You want to discover the world as the characters discover themselves. Right, and that's why they start at that age, to, I think, in a lot of genres. And, like, I... What's a Bildung's Roman? Bildung's Roman is a coming of age story. Right, so that's what I was. I, I'm like that. There's there's a thing, right. and I mean there's all the like licrit type stuff like hero's journey, whatever, blah blah blah. Grow up, come back, yeah, whatever. Is, is also emblem, like it's emblematic of this this whole deal of like I start off and I don't know anything, then like everything I know dies, and yeah. then once I finally come on on the other side, I can't go back to that innocent world anymore. Yeah. The hero's journey is 
is a, it's a puberty story on its own. Right. I mean, and I think humans are just wired that way where we right. want to relive that part. And that's why so many shows and TV shows are based in high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. in conclusion... Um, Bad guys should be purple. Age, yeah, bad guys should be oh purple. I think is the. <laughs> <laughs> How old do you have to be before you can be a purple? <laughs> and on that note, Next I think time. we're done for today. Okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you guys for listening. That one was interesting. Um, yeah. We'll uh, we'll be back in another two weeks with a new episode. I don't know what it'll be about yet, but maybe we'll, we'll do um, like uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do feminism. I don't know. Maybe we'll dive into that next time with Captain Women. Marvel. <laughs> to quote PewDiePie, I'm sorry I did no, that. He's, I'm sorry. No, he says Huaman. Huaman? I'm Huaman. sorry. I said it wrong. I've been hearing high schoolers say it. They're doing it wrong. High schoolers also suck. That's the end. All right, guys. Thank uh, you guys no, they don't. Joining. They're really nice. They have the world open to them. They're Rachel, good. they don't deserve this. Whatever. Whatever the stories are all about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Right, Thanks, bye. 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 bye.